It's the Infinite Podcast. Go tell your friends. It's the Infinite Podcast. My God, it never ends. It's the Infinite Podcast with Robin Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Project Infinite Podcast, the podcast covering the infinite and ever-expanding multiverse of fandom from movies, comics, TV shows, video games. We got you covered. I'm Rob. I'm here, as always, with Court. Court, uh, it's been a little while. Not through any of your fault, but mine, because one, I got COVID, Mm -hmm. and then two... I had my wisdom teeth ripped out yep. immediately after that. <laughs> so, so we had to take a little bit of time off. Yeah, I actually was waiting at the studio for you to show up, and you never showed up. Never showed up. Never showed up. Never gave notice. I actually didn't leave either. I was just sitting there, just waiting waiting for you to be there. <laughs> and now I'm back. I've returned. Um, like Batman. Batman returned. <laughs> um, yeah, so we got we got some ketchup. We got some ketchup to do. And I don't mean the condiment. I mean... Catching up on catching up all that, all this news. Was that a subtle way of saying Condiment King's going to be the villain of the Batman too? Imagine. See, <laughs> I want to see Matt, I want to see what type of filmmaker Matt Reeves is. So yeah, we're going to talk about a bunch of stuff. We're going to talk about some DC stuff. We're going to talk about um, some shows that are coming out. We're going to talk about Dune Two getting rave reviews. We're going to talk about. Uh, uh, corporate mergers we love corporate mergers we're gonna talk about that uh we're gonna talk about some star wars stuff directors are doing things we're Mm -hmm. gonna talk about that um and then we're gonna finish it off with some super bowl stuff slash all the marvel stuff that came out pretty much the week of the super bowl um because kevin feige i guess just said woke up mad Mm -hmm. he woke up mad and was like here's all the stuff no he locked in which I appreciate. He locked in. We got the uh, the much anticipated reveal of the Fantastic Forecast, much to my dismay mm-hmm. because I wanted them to keep a secret forever. Which but, is just impossible in this day and age. I know, but it would have been hilarious. <laughs> it would have been really funny if they were able to do that. And uh, we'll finish it off with some Avengers talk because uh, the the it's changing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so let's get started. Uh, starting with some DC stuff. So. Joker, Joker 2 is coming. Feels like, it feels like it's like a fever dream. Like, I feel like it's one of those things that, like, people just are forgetting about. Yeah. It's like a thing that's happening. And I mean, the, I think the conceit behind that was the announcement of what type of movie that was said that it was going to be to, you know, the news that we also learned that, I forget if it was Todd Phillips that said it or Joaquin Phoenix, that this isn't necessarily a straight up musical. That's not what this movie is. Um, it has musical elements and there's going to be musical pieces, but it's not a traditional musical in the sense. Um, but I know we're going to get a, a teaser, I think Todd Phillips said in mid, mid-April mid uh, about, um, but that's a good point about this feeling like this almost fever dream of when is this movie going to come out? It's just weird. This movie sits in a, in a weird realm because Joker felt so, you know, I mean, your main actor for, you know, a quote-unquote comic book movie won best actor for this movie. So yeah. this movie is kind of... It kind of lives in a different realm, Um, but, you know, the way that Warner Brothers is running things, it, you know, tries to put it back into that superhero comic book realm, in my opinion. That's what I think is going on a little bit. (laughs) So, you know, this high art, quote unquote, high art cinema of what the first Joker was um, now lives in the realm of, you know, (laughs) the reality of what these comic book movies are and the modern, (laughs) the modern age of what these comic book movies are. Yeah, it just exists by itself. It literally exists kind of like it's even separate from, I would say, even the Batman. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think it's separate even from that. It is just this kind of like, you know, I don't want to say that it's like 
this film that just so happens to be based on a superhero mm-hmm. or a, a you know a comic book character, but that's kind of what it is. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's so loosely tied. It just like it's like the story of a guy that just so happens to take place in Gotham City. Like, yeah, yeah, that's really what the first one felt like. Mm-hmm. And um, I always say for for the Batman, and it's funny. The Batman also sort of teeters that line too, because I I'll, I'll always fight this point to the end of the day. If the Batman was not, if he was just a detective of some sort or a vigilante of some sort, and they took the Batman name away, people would have thought that was the best movie, one of the best movies of 2022. I know some people, including myself, do think it is. That movie is gorgeous. It's compelling. But if you take the superhero realm away from it, and it's funny that we're going to talk about all this Marvel news in a little bit, all this DC news. If you take the superhero realm away from it, you see how people's view of the thing will change. It's mm-hmm. just having these characters being in that comic book realm. That's why some people will look at it the way that they do. Yeah. And then, speaking of the Batman, so a couple things. Uh, Penguin has wrapped filming the Penguin series that's going to be on HBO Max. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, I think. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely looking forward to getting some type of look at it. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's a trailer, whatever the case is. Um I'm intrigued. intrigued. Yeah, yeah. I'm, in, exactly. I'm definitely I'm intrigued. intrigued. Yeah. I mean, I just want to see more of Colin Farrell because of just how magnetic magnetic of an actor he is. Um, you know, there's I do think there's a legitimate possibility that Robert Pattinson does show up just for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, this is going to be a true test of how powerful that first Batman movie was with just the aura of Batman around the city. I want to kind of see that dive into the psyche of a lot of these villains. And then obviously this is going to be the bridge point. I, knew, I know Dune was trying to do a piece of this with the sisterhood, which I think fell through or got postponed or canceled or who knows but um this could work um i mean obviously peacemaker is a good example of we didn't know what what to expect and then we got an absolute gem so hopefully the penguin can perform like that as well yeah and then speaking of the batman too so it's been confirmed by vanity fair that uh barry kilgan will return as the joker in batman 2 i don't know what that necessarily means for the plot sure whether he's gonna be around or if he's gonna you know i thought you know, clearly, based on the the was it the ending or was it like a it was a, it was the ending right? It wasn't an end credit scene. No, it, it wasn't an end credit. Well, it was the it was the scene towards the end of the movie because it wasn't the final shot. It was just when the Riddler and and Joker were talking in the it's like clearly, in the prison, right? And then so, they added the scene after the fact, the full scene with Barry Keoghan as the Joker. Yeah, so I'm curious to see how he's implemented because clearly he's run afoul of Batman already at this point. Sure. So I think. You know, I was thinking based on where he's at, you know, in this world, I think it'd be kind of interesting if he acts as like a Hannibal Lecter-esque figure. I was thinking the same exact thing. (laughs) I was thinking the same thing where he thinks because of also because of the experience he had with the Riddler. And now there's this guy that's actually trying to. Not help him necessarily, but be like, this is exact. I know what's going to happen in this next, like, he's telling him, like, I know what's going to happen, so let's work together for a little bit. And then at the end of this movie, he breaks out. That would be such an interesting choice. And again, I can't stress enough how lucky we are to have Matt Reeves because he has, you know, he has the pop and circumstance to understand this world. Um, we're going to talk about Dune in a little bit, but just talking about somebody that has full out control of what they're doing in a franchise type of space, Matt Reeves under, I, promise you he understands everything that's that's going on in there too so i don't think he'd get he's gonna make a decision that's gonna derail anything or make anything weird um i think anything that he chooses is gonna work so that's such a that's such a great point that i i I was afraid to say it but that it just makes so much sense and i think the main point about that is barry kilgan himself i think that's the main thing is that 
you know, I think if this would have came out before Masters of the Air and Saltburn, that people would have been like, why is he going to be in this movie? And then those two projects came out and they're like, oh, we know exactly why he's going to be in this too. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. And I just think, you know, I think it's, you know, I think that kind of premise also kind of harkens back to like the almost kind of like the relationship between the Batman, the animated series, Mm -hmm. Batman and Joker, where they kind of have this, you know, not love hate relationship, but it's like, it's like a relationship. Like one can't exist without the other. Mm -hmm. And I think, I don't think the movies have ever dove into that enough. Um, I think the dark Knight gets close, but obviously it's the first time that those two characters are clashing. So you can't really build that rapport. Yeah. And the movie has to be the movie too. The movie, the plot still has to move in a movie, which it does incredibly in that. And like I said, they, they touch upon it in the dark Knight, where, you know, Joker goes, you know, I don't want to kill you. What would I do without you? Mm-hmm. Like, but I feel like this, where the Joker is in the Batman universe, I feel like they can really lean into that. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's, you know, Batman kind of going to the Joker as it relates to, I don't know, maybe Hush is running around. Well, that's what I think the villain of this movie is going to be. I think it's... And- I feel like everybody was not getting the point about, you know, the hush money and like, you know, the reporter with the same last name as hush in the movie. Like, I think that reporter is good. Whoever plays hush, it's going to be whoever the son of that reporter is, is going to be hush. That's going to probably be the plot yeah. to the second movie. So, you know, you have hush, you do this personal villain because that's what, you know, the next step in a second one, um, it'd be, this is a storyline we haven't gotten, but is one of the most famous Batman storylines in the comics. Like this would be the perfect time to pull hush out, but still have Joker looming in the background you still have the gotham underworld looming in the background and that's why penguin's so important like this universe has so much potential to be something you know something truthfully and awesome and incredible and just this piece that's untainted by like anything else like it can just live as its own thing like this you know i hate to use the words but like this like high art version of what you know the possibility of these super hero projects can be yeah yeah, I totally agreed. And then um, Superman Legacy is is a thing that is happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got a the cast is all together, yep. having a great time. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got a first look at um, the logo. Yeah, they're using the Kingdom Come logo, which in hindsight he did tweet that picture that said, you know, what did he? I forget what the what he said in the caption, but it just it was the picture from it was the you know the cover to. To Kingdom Come, and everybody was just like, okay. But I think it's more of, like, the ideal of what this Superman is going to be. Like, you know, this movie's probably going to come out in a time where we need this movie to come out. I think that's something to be said. Of like, and if you don't know what that means, go back and listen to our episode where we talked about Kingdom Come. Mm-hmm. Cheap mm-hmm. plug. Cheap plug. That wasn't... No, it was, a, it was an expensive plug. I'll, <laughs> I, we'll take it. Um, but yeah, just this world, you know, that we're living in. Like, hopefully this movie can provide some, you know, the basis of what the superhero and superman is and that's some hope so um i don't know i just i have a very very good feeling about this movie i don't know what it is Um, i mean i know what it is it's the combination of you have james gunn there um david cornsweat looks incredible i think he's gonna be i think he's gonna be a staple superman um for you know the modern modern age because it's not like we didn't have henry cavill a couple like two years ago yeah um but yeah, I just, there's so much potential. And, you know, at first I was a little nervous about them putting all the superheroes in, in there, but then the logo and then the idea of, you know, them, they're not, I don't think they're adapting Kingdom Come, but just the ideologies of what Kingdom Come is. Like, yeah. They're just going to apply it to the present day Superman of like, this is the blueprint of all what all you guys should be looking up to right now. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think that's exactly right. Like, obviously, I think people are looking a little too deep into mm-hmm. it as far as, like, how are they going to adapt Kingdom Come when that story takes place a million years, like, mm-hmm. into all these characters' kind of, you know, careers. And, like, that's not really the point of Kingdom Come. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to relitigate it, but, um, like I said, you can go back and listen to that episode to mm-hmm. listen to us talk all about that. And, it, you know, it is... That's what I think. That's where I think. I think that's an interesting place to take a Superman movie. I think it's an interesting place to take that character. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to help boost the universe too because it's, you know, what I say about Marvel right now is like there's no main characters. Like, not only are they creating this main character, it's kind of what they did with Tony Stark. He was looming everywhere in the MCU after that first movie. He was mm-hmm. looming everything. There was Stark tech everywhere. There was, you know, all these things were encompassed about how Tony Stark would think about this or deal with this like i think that's an important piece for what superman is going to lead into that world i think it's going to be i think it's going to be awesome um and i do think he is going to he is going to just direct this movie right i don't think that i I feel like they're too late into the game and there's no director announced they're already doing a read through i think it's gonna he's just gonna do it himself I'm fine. I'll do it myself. And I think, um, I think they did say that they're taking most of the team from Guardians Three, which we both said is a is a very good looking movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, uh, I think it's one of the better looking Marvel movies. I think and superhero movies overall too. So, um, that's a, just a good choice as well. It's that movie was surprisingly practical, for lack of a better term, um, in some points, which I appreciated. So, um, good. Take your team. <laughs> and James Gunn, don't let anybody get mad at you for taking your team because people don't realize how many other directors also take their teams with them and yeah apparently you're the only one that's not allowed to do it because he's on twitter because he's on twitter sorry steven amell <laughs> uh so we got some release dates for some things so mm-hmm. uh invincible oh god season two part two is coming out in a mm-hmm. couple weeks um they should have just done this whole thing at once. Yep. Uh, <laughs> wasn't there a reason that people all forgot about that they didn't do them together? I'm sure there is. Wasn't it strike related that these two didn't come out in Probably. the same time? Um, so I'm without the knowledge knowing right this second, I'm just going to give it the benefit of the doubt and just say, I'm happy we're getting this. How about that? I'll take the positive. Oh, yeah. I talked about Superman, so now I'm feeling overwhelmingly positive. So, yeah. So let's just say, let's just take it at, at what it is. Um, the first four episodes right it was four episodes um great um that episode specifically with omni-man the 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 omni omni-man anthology episode specifically was great yeah um you know would i have liked it to just to come out all at once yes um do i think they probably felt a little bit more comfortable especially after the success of stranger things season four with that split sure um, but you know, we're going to get what we get and mm-hmm. what we get is just incredible animated TV with invincible. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Um, Josh Keaton is going to be in the second mm-hmm. half. I mean, they're, they're going to do, gonna it, do right? it. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. He's going to be Spider-Man. <laughs> Cause especially all the multiverse stuff that's going on. I mean, this season is a multiversal season. That's the whole point. Yeah. So I think they're going to, I think they're bringing him in as Spider-Man, which will be cool. Um, we're getting the Acolyte on June 5th, which is a show that is shrouded in mystery. <laughs> um, but for, for good, you know, for good, I think, I think, sure. I sure. think the show has a really interesting premise. Yeah. Um, and I'm excited to check it out. I'm, I think, I mean, we're going to get a, a look at it at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, one, this, it's coming out in June, right? Yeah. Um, I'd assume, you know, I don't know if a month is enough time to not talk about the thing. So I'm, I'm going to say sometime in probably mid-March we're going to get a look at this. I was going to say May 4th, but I think that's too late in the game to do that. Yeah. 
yeah, but yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to it. Again, one of these one of these things that's kind of been flying under the radar that um, I'm definitely looking forward to. And then the boys finally got a release date. People, the people have been asking, mm-hmm. and the people have finally gotten an answer. So June 13th will be the premiere of the boys season four. Mm-hmm. Um, and we got a po- we got a we got a poster. Yep. And that poster had a had had uh, Miss Newman with with Homelander in the same picture. Yeah. Um, Go, please, please, please go watch Gen V because not only is Gen V just incredible on its own, uh, it is, I do think this is, a, it is the bridge season. This is like the boys season 3.5 and we didn't, you're watching the first three up, two episodes, three episodes, you're like, nah, sh- surely they won't. And then they just went full send. This is the boys. Like this is, that show just stands so well on its own. Agreed. Um, and obviously, um, she had a huge, huge piece in this season and going into season four. And this is the whole plot of season four. Uh, I guess spoilers for Gen V. Um, we have a we have a virus for the soups. So now the clock's ticking, and this for sure this is gonna be the last season. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I could I could see it still kicking around. Maybe a five season five show. Five season seems right. I wonder. But I yeah, wonder. I'm looking forward to it. We got that first uh, kind of hype trailer a little while back, and now we finally got a release date. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, I think Gen V did exactly what it needed to do. Um, it bridged the gap between three and four. It 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 didn't just maintain the hype. It it kind of accelerated it mm-hmm. and got people even more excited, which I think all great kind of in between quills and spinoffs should aim to do. Is what was coming out when Gen V was coming out? There was another superhero show that was coming out at the same time. What well, Marvel Secret Invasion was it? Yes, it was Secret Invasion. And I remember it was coming out at the same time and oh, I was yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, was it it was Secret Invasion. And I remember I was like I was so ready like I think once it got towards the second half of Secret Invasion, I was, like, making sure Gen V was the first thing I was watching, too. I was, like, making sure, like, as soon as it dropped, because those, shout out Amazon Prime, it drops at, um, drops at midnight on yeah. uh, on the East Coast, coast, which never happens. Everything else will do West Coast time. Um, I was, I was like, as soon as this comes out, if it was the next day, like, the day it came out, I was, that was the first thing I was, I was going for. I wasn't going for Secret Invasion. And I think, wasn't there, wasn't the... Invincible started during the end of Gen V, I think. Yeah. Like, I was like, I'm going to Gen V first over anything else. Yeah, Gen V was absolutely fantastic. Um, speaking of What'd fantastic... Nope, not yet. <laughs> not yet. Um, so, Dune Dune 2 is is around the corner. Um, the reviews are in. Some of the reviews. The, the important reviews. Just kidding. Um, but there are some reviews out there. And... Uh, it might it might be it might be the movie. It might be the movie is right. I mean <laughs> the you know, you you had your preliminaries and you know, your test screenings and everything was positive. Um and then, you know, obviously the premiere, you always take premieres with a grain of salt because these people are being invited to watch the unless it's objectively bad, then these people are being invited, flown out, hanging out with celebrities to watch this movie and their peers. So obviously it could be a little bit heightened. Now, then you get into where you can probably take it a little bit more serious is when you do the press screenings for all the other ones that couldn't go to the premiere. Through this whole thing, this movie, through all the critic screenings, is at a 98% certified with 80-something reviews right now. I don't think people understand how insane that is in the modern age to hold that for a franchise property like that. Franchise properties usually don't get that type of love. Uh, 98%, 80 plus reviews. It is 
it's looking like those movie, you know, what have they been saying? This is the Empire Strikes Back in the Dark Knight of, of the modern age. Uh, this is one of the best war movies that's ever been released. This is the people are calling this one of one of, if not the definitive sci-fi film like that. Those are some absolutely monumental claims to make. But I think Pete and I and I I'll always make this point. It's not about what the movie is. It's about the personnel you have behind the movie and look at who they have. Mm-hmm. Denis Villeneuve is him and Christopher Nolan have been hanging out <laughs> quite a bit over the last because obviously they had two films filmed in IMAX. I always say that they're like the two like you know blockbuster directors that are like the you know they still have their cinema layover over the over the blockbusterness um, and. What Denis is able to create is just truthfully just it's like it's awe inspiring that he is able to keep the quality that he does still take this franchise that was unadaptable to many yeah. and, you know, have this cast pull out all these incredible performances from the and, you know, handle a cast that size with all in, you know, I've been reading through uh, Dune Exposures that Josh Brolin did a whole bunch of, you know, he did a whole bunch of poetry for. And one of the things that he talked about was like all those egos need to be left at the door as soon as you step on. Like, you're talking about maybe this new... You know how we talked about the movie star thing when we were talking about Top Gun? Um, you know, I'll probably put Zendaya and Timothy Chalamet and Florence Pugh and Austin Butler. Like, we're going to talk about Glenn Powell in a little bit. It's like, we actually might be getting to a point where that theory might not be as true as, you know, we we thought it was, which is I think is a good thing. Like, we yeah. we truthfully are getting some, and all of them are, I think, who's the oldest one? Austin Butler, Florence Pugh or Austin Butler are the oldest ones in their, what are they, in their either late 20s or early 30s? Like, yeah. we actually might have some movie stars on the way if we don't have them already. And, yeah. you know, all these things culminated into an incredible movie is what, what we're being told. So we're going to an early screening. Um, I cannot be more excited like this is i haven't been excited about a movie like this in the 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 longest time yeah so sunday uh sunday 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 Sunday, Sunday, we will be we'll see this movie we will have a very 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 non-spoilery review of Mm -hmm. it um obviously because it doesn't come out until later that week um so yeah what we're going to talk about is going to be very not surface level, but it won't involve any any really story stuff because um, obviously we don't want to mm-hmm. step on anything. <laughs> and careful, careful! There's spoilers running around the internet about a specific character, so mm. care careful with a capital C. Yeah. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to it too. Um, you know, I, I, the first one was mind blowing. Mm-hmm. I actually <laughs> um, just watched the first one yesterday, and. I, I told you I've, I've I've seen that movie maybe four five times at this point six times <laughs> yeah. whatever. Yeah. Each time I watch that movie, it gets better and better and better and better. And I mean, you know, you want to talk about movies standing on on their own, but you know, I'm not naive enough to not understand that this is part of a franchise like, you know, evolving. And that's what a lot of the reviews are saying. Like this movie is like it makes Dune one like infinite at that point. Like the two of them seamlessly together, it does feel like a first half, but. Also, Dune 2 just by itself feels like this, you know, like the reviews have been just (laughs) insane, like cinematic achievement of the century, like this, like some of the things I've been seeing, like people like you, they can't remember, they can't forget it, like they were sitting in their cars after they watched the movie because they couldn't process what they just saw, like, (laughs) give it, (laughs) give it. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready for it. Um, Got some Star Wars stuff to talk about besides the Acolyte. I guess we could have thrown the Acolyte into this bit. Um but yeah, we got a Bad Batch final season trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, 
that show is fun. That show is good. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not caught up on that show. Hopefully, at some point, I will. Um, I did. I did actually enjoy season one more than most people did. I guess. Um, but I mean, you can tell them the big reveal for the for the. Trailer. I think Ventress is back. <laughs> Our old pal Asajj Ventress is back, which I mean is not a surprise. Mm, no. I mean, it's Star Wars. Anybody can. Come I mean, back. it's Star Wars, and in this kind of new wave of Star Wars, they're obviously very. Re- rightfully so, are in love with that Clone Wars stuff. Mm-hmm. They just are. From Ahsoka to this to, you know, the actual Clone Wars getting another season, mm-hmm. like the final, final season. Um, they clearly love this stuff. Yeah. And they should. They should. I and mean, uh, a lot of people are saying this trailer, like this trailer feels a lot more like Andor, which is where this show should live in a lot of people's, like it feels more mature, I'll say. Yeah. Um, which is good. That's always, I think, a good thing. Yeah. It's some of the Clone Wars stuff is some of the best Star Wars out there, like just ever that's ever existed. So um, I'm glad. I'm really glad. Um, and then surprise, surprise. So PlayStation announced that the Star Wars Battlefront games from from way back in the day are being re- remastered mm-hmm. and launched on March 14th. Uh, Battlefront One, Battlefront Two, the uh, uh, I forget what the, the actual title, complete collection or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, it's going to have fully supported 64 player online multiplayer. Um, they're adding new maps. They're adding Kit Fisto and Asajj Ventress as new uh, Jedi slash Sith heroes villains. I don't think that will be the last of them, by the way. No, I don't. I, I don't know. I don't know. This is this was a surprise to yeah, a lot yeah, of people. Yeah, it just came out of nowhere. <laughs> it came out of nowhere. Um, they're adding, yeah, like I said, new maps. Um and they, you know, they're fully supporting a new, you know, the new, the, all the campaigns are coming back. Mm-hmm. Um, that Star Wars 2 or the Battlefront 2 campaign, I have very fond memories of where you follow the um, the 501st Legion mm-hmm. from when they're clone troopers yep. fighting in the Clone Wars all the way through. You go through the original trilogy and that 501st Legion becomes basically mm-hmm. um, the Empire's elite Stormtrooper squad. Right. Um, it's a really great campaign. Um um, as far as shooters, like first person, third person shooters go, I think it's maybe the best campaign. Um, but maybe it's up there with like the Modern Warfare 2 campaign. Black Ops 1 is also great. Black Ops 1, it's in that kind of region. Um, so the I'm numbers, super Darth, what do they mean? <laughs> so I'm, I'm super keen to check this out. Um, I think it's going to be awesome. I mean, things like these are risks. Um, it's, sure, one those, yep. it's one of those things where, you know, is my, is my memories of the thing you know, as good as the thing actually was, or, or are my memories just make it think, make me think it's better than it actually was, mm-hmm. but, um, we'll see. We'll yeah, see. we'll see. I mean, all my memories of this game, of these games were always fun. I think the newer Battlefront games were okay. Um, Battlefront one obviously was lacking in content. Battlefront two was disastrous. Yeah. At yeah launch, yep. Yep. Um, and then got much better, much um, like cyberpunk. Yeah. Yeah, I think Battlefront 2 had a really great um long-standing support. They added a bunch of cool characters and and things, but you know, those those launches, man, you got to nail them. It's few and far between that you get a game like Cyberpunk 2077 that kind of stays in the zeitgeist. I mean, we just saw it with we just saw them with um with Suicide Squad kills the Justice League. Like your launch is so crucial, and I mean, we're going to see in a week with Final Fantasy Rebirth like what a launch can do for a game, how it can make or break a game. Yeah. We'll talk we'll talk we'll talk about Final Fantasy Seven at the end of this. Cause uh we had we had some we had some fun this week. Um but yeah, I I agree. Um 
you know, nostalgia is a tricky thing. So we'll uh, we'll see what happens. So tricky they made a Black Mirror episode about it. <laughs> they did. Isn't that show coming back? I believe so. Yeah. I believe so. It is, right? Um, all right, man. Directors are Whenever doing the things. world gets weird, Black Mirror is like, ooh. <laughs> directors are doing things. <laughs> directors are doing things. What are, what are directors doing? <laughs> so, I mean, I'll... You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a curveball with what I'm gonna start with. I mean, Jordan Peele, he's coming back in 2025. I don't know what this movie's gonna look like. I don't know who's gonna be in this movie. It's gonna um, be weird. It's gonna be weird. It's gonna be horror. It's probably gonna be incredible, like all of his other movies. It's gonna have a one word title. Yep. I hope he never <laughs> stops that. Um, I guess the question I'll ask you is, who do you want in this movie? Um, who do I want in the movie? Maybe who do you want in the movie, and what do you want him to tackle in this movie? Oh man, I don't know because he's. Even if I thought of like a thing for if, it's not going to be the thing anyway. It's not going to be the thing anyway. So it'll just be like a different. He's like the he's like the he's like the good version of M Night Shyamalan. <laughs> you're like he's best is, case scenario M Night Shyamalan. You're like, what is this movie about? And then he's like, this is what it's actually about. And you're like, whoa! whoa. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. Get John David Washington in one. Sure. Can he act? We don't know. Well, this this will be the test then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Get, Get him in, in one. <laughs> but it, he's going to have to make it a little bit more sci-fi if that's the case. Because anytime John David Washington is in a sci-fi movie, it's like if I had a nickel for any time John David Washington was in a sci-fi movie and I had to question, but I was locked in the whole time, I'd have two nickels, but that's just one more than I thought I ever would have had. <laughs> Thanks, crea- Thanks, the creator. We're going to talk about Gareth Edwards, too, in a little bit. We are. Um, I guess if I'm thinking about anything I'd want him to tackle, maybe he can dip into H.B. Lovecraft a little bit. Start to get the get the monsters out a little bit. I think that would be a fun realm for him to 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 leap into. Um, I don't want to talk about any you know. I don't want to talk about anything else like any philosophical things because you know he's too smart for my own good. So I <laughs> I don't even want to think about you know any any subliminal messaging he'll put in there. Um, however, I somebody I would want to see in a film by his. I mean. I would love him to take the swing, you know, and maybe double down on your fact and something I told Christopher Nolan does for his next movie, but maybe give me John David Washington and Denzel at the same time with him. That would be fun. I just don't know if Denzel would do a movie like that. Yeah. That's not, that's not his MO. Yeah. Um, I, I just, I think that would, that would be a kind of a fun concept, like a, like a father son thing. He's also working with, uh, Hideo Kojima mm-hmm. on, on Kojima's next game. Yep. And he's a collaborator with that. So like, Jordan Peele. Jordan Peele, one of the most interesting people, like in Hollywood. Oh, I, I love it. He's 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 one of the best. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. Good for him, man. Well, so who else is doing things? Well, Gareth Edwards is doing things. Yes, Gareth Edwards is doing things. And this was the this was the like the this is what why we were going to talk about the directors are doing things. And I just wanted to throw a couple other people some bones. Um, but Gareth Edwards is going to take the Jurassic World franchise, which <laughs> low budget king, which is all types of awesome. Um, <laughs> You know, you, you know what I thought about, and I, I we were walking by the movie poster after we saw what we saw yesterday. I yeah. was just thinking, I was just like, do you think Gareth Edwards looks at like the Godzilla franchise now, and he's just like, what, what did, what did you do? <laughs> like, what, did, what did you do? I got Brian Cranston to be in a Godzilla movie. So, what did you guys do to, what did you do to the game that I love? <laughs> you turned it into the monsters version of Fast and Furious, right? What happened? I made like this Cloverfield s movie in 2014. That was what I and still one of my favorite underrated movies that's ever come out. Like I think that first Godzilla movie from 2014 is I think it's special. Um, but 
for him to get the Jurassic World, like this might be his definitive franchise that he's gonna get. This is like this is pretty cool. I just wonder Is he just gonna make this movie about a T Rex? Well it's gonna be well now it's gonna be super, you know, it's gonna be super <laughs> low budget feeling. Yeah. Yeah. He's gonna use like he's gonna use iPhones to shoot the thing. Like I can't I can't wait. <laughs> he's gonna build the Jurassic Park out of Legos. <laughs> so I mean, you wanna talk personnel because we were just talking about Dune and I mean Greg Frazier shot Dune. Also him and Oren Sofer. So I do think he's gonna get Oren Sofer to shoot this too. I think Oren Sofer is gonna start to be on like the the ascent into the realm of where we look at Greg Fraser too. There's a reason that you call Oren Sofer like you get Greg Fraser who's, you know, the modern day Roger Deakins and like Obviously, he can't stay to shoot the movie because he's shooting Dune. So the second guy you call, like, that guy's probably going to be something special if he trusts him with this. So I do think he gets Oren Sofer to be your cinematographer. Anybody you want to see in this franchise specifically? I just, I I feel like this is going to be a little bit more low profile, but, you know, they're going to have, like, it's going to have a little bit more artistic value to it. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Adam Driver? (laughs) He gets he his redemption from 65. I was going to say, if he didn't do that other dinosaur Jason movie... He could play a scientist in a Jurassic World-esque universe. That would be kind of cool. Steven Yeun? Steven Yeun might be fun. That would be kind of, I actually like that quite a bit. John David Washington? <laughs> Put him in everything until we can figure yeah. out if he can act No, 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 no. You just keep putting him in sci-fi things, and then we'll never know. Man, who, I like that Steven Yoon. I feel like he would be cool in one of these. Yeah, as like a like a. I don't know if he necessarily. I guess he would. He could be like a scientist guy. Oh, can you? Because we're this is the best transition I'm ever gonna have. Can we get Glenn Powell in this movie? Can we have Glenn Powell <laughs> be the main good. character in this movie? Speaking it's, of Glenn Powell being the main characters in movies, <laughs> would he be too Chris Pratty? No, I I don't know. I just I is think, he too handsome to be in Jurassic Park? No, no, absolutely not. No, no shot. <laughs> No shot. <laughs> Is he too handsome to be in Twisters? Well, he's like a com- combination. Well, I, what did I say? So, Glenn Powell, right? This we're gonna talk. We're gonna talk about Twisters. But this is gonna talk about us. This goes back to the movie star point. Glenn Powell is a movie star. He's a classic movie star. Um, Glenn Powell. We have this Twisters reboot remake. It's a sequel. <laughs> sequel. Or it's a knows? remake. I don't know. It's a remake, but it has an S at the end. I'm in. I'm in for a couple reasons. I mean, the cast is good. You have Glenn Powell, you have Daisy Edgar-Jones. Anthony um, Ramos. Anthony Ramos. Like, that's, it's a pretty solid cast. Lee Isaac Chung, who directed Minari, is directing this movie, much to Rob's chagrin. I was shocked. <laughs> he was beside himself when he learned this information. <laughs> he said, what about this, this medium budget or this low budget indie movie that's super high emotional? How did that get you to Twisters? And I'm like, you must have not seen Minari. <laughs> it's all about the Midwest. I'm in. Glenn yeah. Powell's Kevin Bacon of this generation. What did I say? He's like Val Kilmer, Kevin Bacon mixed into one, and you get Glenn Powell. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm, James Gunn, you have the opportunity to do the right thing. Make <laughs> him, make him Hal Jordan. You have, you have the maybe the easiest layup of all time to make somebody Hal Jordan. You're running out of time, James Gunn. Yeah, he's he's he he did his he did his raunchy rom com with Sydney Sweeney. With Sydney Sweeney, like he's starting to become a movie. Got to got to get him while he's hot. He was in Top Gun. He was in Top. He's gonna be in. He's probably gonna be the main he character. He stole Top Gun from Miles Teller. Yeah, and he's probably gonna be the main character in the second one. Because <laughs> he stole it from Miles. Yeah, Teller? yeah. I, and I mean, Miles Teller's Miles Teller. It's still one of the best actors on the planet. But you know, yeah, Glenn Powell is on an ascent. <laughs> that's that's pretty. Pretty rare right now. Yeah. 
Um, what else happened in the Super Bowl? Quiet Place Three. Quiet Place Three. I'm in. I'm in. That trailer looked looked very good. Um, I love the. It's funny to talk about tone because the tone's pretty pretty congruent, but this one just feels a little bit more like. I just love the immediacy of the fear. I think that's what's really good about this one too. Obviously, this is the day that they that they all came to Earth. Uh, yeah, it's a prequel. It's, it's a not prequel. a Quiet Place Three. It's a, um, it's a prequel. The personnel you have in this movie is really good. I mean, Diamond Hansu, um, Lupita Nyong'o, Joseph Quinn. We hate Joseph Quinn. We'll get there. We'll get there. It's coming out on my birthday. Yeah, I'm in. It's good stuff. I'm in. Um, what else? Super Bowl. That was it. Did we even talk about Ryan Coogler making a vampire movie? There you go. There you it is. Go back to it. We jumped the gun on the directors doing stuff. Ryan Coogler's back. Um, and we love that. Uh, Ryan Coogler's a dear friend of the show. <laughs> We would like to think he's a dear friend of the show, but we we've you know spoken highly of Ryan Coogler. Um, I said before we hopped on, he's gotten every time he's directed something, he keeps getting better and better and better and better at just the craft of directing. Each time he does something, yep. so now him and Michael B. Jordan are teaming up for this vampire movie, where I think they said that he's gonna or what's his name, um, Michael B. Jordan's gonna play twins. Call the call the Parent Trap people. Oh no, it's a Gemini man. No, 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 cancel the movie. I'm actually out. I'm out. <laughs> we were talking about After Earth before this. Oh, no, don't bring me back there. Don't bring me back to that place. Um, the quiet place. He's only 37. Mm-hmm. We say this every time about him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and the stuff that he's done in his short time as a filmmaker is insane. Yeah, because he's only done four movies. Yeah. But those four, think about the four movies he's done. He's yeah. done two of the most successful superhero movies ever. Yeah. He's done, he's, he reignited a franchise which was otherwise done. Uh-huh. Um, and now that franchise is running, <laughs> is running. And <laughs> Fruitvale Station is one of the more impactful movies of the, of the 2000s to 2010s era. Yeah. Guy doesn't miss, man. And now I just, I can't wait. I, I just want to see what Michael B. Jordan's influence is going to be on this too. I wonder if he's going to have a, a producing credit on this. Yeah, he could. Yeah, yeah, he very well could. Um, what did you say? There's a point I wanted you to make. I didn't know if you're going to pass it. Which point? Remember when we were talking about who was going to direct the? Oh yeah, why? Yeah, maybe <laughs> you should instead of doing that. Marvel's like, wait a second. <laughs> what do you you mean? think this is out of spite? On whose part? On his? On his spot? On his? Obviously not, because I think he's too mature. For well, in what way? That he that he didn't get the call to do bleed. Yeah, maybe because. I don't know, it's weird that he's, like, in the Marvel... You have this two-time Oscar winner actor that wants to play Blade. Well, I said, well, I said this... Well, I forget what we were talking about, what conversation we were having. We were, like... Oh, I think it was, like, way back like way back when we were talking about, like, who's going to direct the next Avengers movie. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, you have Ryan Coogler, mm-hmm. like, in your stable, mm-hmm. and he's done two of your best movies. Like, maybe just let him do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he can, hand, he can handle a cast. Um, I, the personnel he brings with him, too, is, is really... I mean, just the teams he brings with him. Uh, That's what I mean. You're probably getting Ludwig Gorison for a score. Like, you're getting such good people along with you. Um, and like I said, you have, like, I think that he would have been a great choice to do that. So, yeah. so yeah, yeah, he should. Maybe, maybe this is out of spite. It's just like, you know what? You didn't give me, <laughs> you didn't give me Blade. I'm just going to make my own vampire movie. <laughs> I'm going to do my own vampire thing. I'm going to do my no, own I'm thing. No, I'm going to do my own thing. <laughs> um, and then, uh, yeah. So, speaking of Marvel. Boy, did they! But boy, did they ever come out swinging last week. <laughs> so there was this little sports thing called the Super Bowl. Sports ball. Sports ball. The sports ball happened. Taylor Swift. Happened. No, no. 
<laughs> Taylor Swift saying football. <laughs> the mo- what was it? It was the most viewed event since the moon landing. The what? Yeah, nope. We talked about Moonfall also before we... Why did we start talking about bad movies before we came on here? Because I was shocked that Roland Emmerich wasn't directing Twisters. But then how did we get into the talking about After Earth? I don't remember. Oh, we were talking about M. Night Shyamalan, that's why. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, boy, did Marvel come out swinging last week. First first and foremost, during the, during the sports ball, during, during, that, during that happened, uh, a trailer dropped mm-hmm. for Deadpool 3, which, I mean... That was the worst kept secret. Oh yeah, yeah. Ever? We we knew that was coming. You know that video of DJ Khalid when he has the drink in his hand and he like stands up? That was immediately me when I saw like the Deadpool like the Marvel Studios logo pop. I was yeah. just like So it's not Deadpool three, it's officially gonna be called Deadpool and Wolverine, obviously. Um it it looks promising. It man. does look promising. <laughs> I just I told you I I got the feeling that I hadn't felt it was just that whole week, like we're about to talk about. Like that whole week it was like major casting announcement major movie trailer comes out and i'm like i haven't had this feeling since like 2021 like i haven't felt this way in so long so we follow wade wade he's he's like a middle-aged like he's retired he's retired fake retired i don't know i feel like he still is doing the thing but you know something did you get the feeling that something's off like something doesn't feel right in this first part and I think it's because of all the timeline, timeline stuff that he messed with in the end yeah. of it. Well, that's the plot to this movie. The plot to this movie is going to be, obviously, the we don't know what the, like, the, the main, main plot, but we know what it's going to probably be about is, obviously, the TVA is a thing now. You know, the he does all the timeline stuff at the end of the X-Men. Loki saves the spoilers for Loki season two. Loki reignites the multiverse again. So this all these other universes are living. You know, he... He does all the timeline stuff at Deadpool 2. The TVA shows up at his doorstep in this trailer. He gets recruited instead of being pruned. And then he's just like, can you murder everybody in the Fox universe? That's what I. That's what this movie's probably going to be. Seems that way. Can you take Wolverine with you as well? But now, then when I got to the middle of the show, I don't think that's necessarily the whole thing. Because he was in the Avengers Age of Ultron opening scene. Yeah. You don't think they're going to put some people in this movie, do you? Oh, they absolutely are. But, like, not Fox people, some MCU people in this movie. I think they will... I think they will do the... What they did in Deadpool 2 with the first class mm-hmm. group. I think it'll be something similar. It'll be a lot of sh- back shots mm-hmm. of, of characters' heads, mm-hmm. um, I think. Um, but, I mean, they'll make it work because I think Ryan Reynolds has his fingerprints all over this mm-hmm. thing. Um, and I don't think, you know, he would have ever... He, nor Hugh Jackman, I don't believe, would have ever agreed to mm-hmm. do this if they didn't have their handprints all over it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I have so much faith in it, first and foremost. I'll also say the No Way Home thinking of things for this and where Marvel's at right now, they probably were like, all the stops that they were like reserved on for Multiverse of Madness, they're like, we, don't, we can't, I don't think they can afford to pull any punches right now. And I mean, this is the best property for all that mm-hmm. stuff anyway. I mean... You can Deadpool is a great frame of reference because you can you can get away with anything with that mm-hmm. character and it works right um, without it feeling corny or whatever the case is because mm-hmm. they'll play it they'll play it straight they'll play it you know they'll he'll commentate on it I'm sure mm-hmm. um, you know whatever the case is whoever decides to show up in this movie we already saw Pyro's back yeah yep um, from from the X Men franchise mm-hmm. so that is. Who I I mean, the first domino to fall, obviously. No pun intended. Yeah, because Domino is not in this movie. No. 
Yeah, Zaz- I think Zazie Beetz said that she's not in this movie. I'm pretty sure she she said herself, which we don't know, but... Um, I'm expecting multiple variants of Wolverine in this. Not all of which may be Hugh Jackman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think they're going to do some of the... If you want to talk about a blueprint, they're going to probably do the Multiverse of Madness. John Krasinski, like, this movie is a place where you do all the fan cast stuff. Yeah. So, maybe Daniel Radcliffe... Yeah, and he would do it. I think he would, too. He would absolutely do it. Especially if he gets to play, like, a wacky Wolverine. Because mm-hmm. that's that's who he is now. Yeah, he is. I love that for him, by yeah. the way. <laughs> what an arc to take after being Amazing. one of the most famous <laughs> franchise people on the planet. Right, the most famous kid actor who ever lived. Mm-hmm. The boy who lived <laughs> came um, to be in a Deadpool movie. And then he just, just started doing just the most bizarre stuff. Mm-hmm. Good for him. Yeah. So I could definitely see him popping up in this. Um, there's, I mean, there's a couple of things that we know of we think that are happening. I mean, like, we Electra. know that, yeah, we know that uh Jennifer Garner is going to be in this movie, which I just I just have a feeling. I know it's a touchy subject for Ben Affleck, but I just have the weirdest suspicion that he just also said I'll be in there for 5 seconds. I think he'll do it just because it's a fun dumb thing and he's not expected to like carry the weight of a universe on his shoulders. Yep. Like he's going to be like, "Yeah, I'll suit up as Daredevil and do a dumb thing." Mm-hmm. Can you murder me? Like immediately murder me. Yeah. Yeah, you think that you think that they'd get the not the not the OGs because I do think the OG Fantastic Four, including Chris Evans, is going to be in here. You think they'd get the Fant Four stick team and just immediately murder them? Like I'm talking, just brutally murder them. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. This movie's going to be something else, um, and I'm really looking forward to it. It looks, I mean, just aside from like story and whatever comedic beats, it looks good. Yeah, it doesn't look bad at all. Doesn't doesn't look too too bad. Obviously, we'll see when the full movie comes out. They but. do some things with some cameras. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Marvel Marvel remembered how to do cameras. Yeah, and I was surprised at that too. Um, Tom Wobbsgams from Successions in here, which I'm excited for personally. Yep, he's a uh, paradox. Paradox. Yep. Which was a role that was originally supposed to be Mobius. I see now. I don't know what the whole. Th- I don't know where this takes place, and I think that's a good thing. I good. I don't know some stuff. That's good. I don't very know good. a lot that's going on in this movie. I think that's a very very good thing. Keep it that way. Yep. Because it's funny because it felt like we got like a lot of leaks from that movie, but also they Not, were like the same. same like the same spot over and over again. That's the my whole, fear for Daredevil: Born Again. It was Ryan. Re- me too. It was Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman just walking. In a wasteland, mm-hmm. it was like every set photo, mm-hmm. which I think is good. Um, and Ryan Reynolds, we talked about that when we talked about the leaks, where he kind of like jumped out in front of it and was like, "Hey, man, these things are going to happen, but I want to use, we want to be on location, mm-hmm. so it is what it is." Yeah, man. This movie looks way more organic, <laughs> yeah, than some other movies. Ant Man: Quantum Mania. We'll get that. We'll get to Ant Man: Quantum Mania mm-hmm. in a little bit. Um, but the, keeping the Marvel train rolling along, they were like, oh, you thought we were done, eh?" This week with news? Mm-hmm. Not. Who's so- Marvel's greatest couple? Scarlet Witch and the Vision. Nope. <laughs> Tony Stark and himself. Nope. That's a good guess, but nope. <laughs> Captain America and... America? <laughs> Punching Hitler? Punching Hitler. God, I love Punching Hitler. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a Fantastic Four. It, it's a thing. It's happening. New logo alert. New logo alert. Uh, new logo alert. New casting alert. It's confirmed. Official casting alert. It's confirmed. Yeah. Marvel was like, here it is. Here it is. Here. Surprise. Leave us alone. It's not a surprise. No, it's not. If you've been following this or any other podcast for, I don't know, 
six months mm-hmm. when it was like, this is the cast, this is the cast, this is the cast. But someone had it right at some point because this is the cast and it was the cast <laughs> that uh, that was rumored a while, a bit, a bit back. Mm-hmm. It was the, this was the post- Adam Driver, Margot yes, Robbie. Yes, yes, this was the one right after because I do think that they were go- all going to say yes, but something would, something had to have happened. Like Ant-Man I, came out. You, you know what I think happened? <laughs> I think they were all there because this was this was Court's quote unquote cinema cast, which was Adam. It was who was it? Adam Driver. It was Margot Robbie. It was Paul Mescal, who's only he's the oldest looking twenty seven year old I've ever seen in my life. Remember <laughs> when we were here and I was just like, "How old is Paul Mescal? He has to be in his thirties, and he was twenty seven. I'm like, he's twenty seven. <laughs> Um, so it was that cast and I would, and with that cast, I always said that I do think if that was the cast, I do think that Killian Murphy would have said yes to playing Dr. Doom. Um, obviously we're going to talk about it in a little bit to jump the gun a bit, but Javier Bardem probably is going to play, going to play Galactus, but that all falls through. And I do think a piece of that is, I do think because you know who I think the first person to leave was? It was probably Adam Driver. As soon as he probably saw where they were and he saw where the Star Wars franchise was, he's like, I'm, <laughs> I'm not doing this again. I'm, I'm not doing it again. You ruined my Adam Driver as Mr. Fantastic, Daisy Ridley as Doctor Doom. <laughs> Casting that I wanted to do. <laughs> John Boyega is Galactus. John Boyega is another one. He's never touching a... He is, he'll never touch another one of these properties ever again. No. And then, and then yeah, like you said, following, following, that, following that announcement and then... All of a sudden, a new announcement happened when they were like, this is actually the cast. And this was right before the strikes hit. Um, and they were like, it's it's locked in. It's Matt Smith. It's Vanessa Kirby. It's Evan Boss, uh, Bacharach. Mm-hmm. And it's Joseph Quinn. And people were like, ooh, that's interesting. It ooh, is Joseph interesting. Quinn. It was like reason. a weird, it was like this like weird British cast plus Yvonne, <laughs> Yvonne, <laughs> Yvonne Moss, <laughs> Bacharach. So they were like, it was just like the weird British cast plus cousin. But also, so was, but also boo Joseph Quinn for some reason. Yeah. And I, what's I, going on I, I do apologize. Cause I, am I also on that train? I just, what has I, he done? What has he done bad? Stranger, like he was great. He was great. He was he was one of the he was one of the most electrifying things about season four. Like he, he died, was, and people were like, "No, bring him back!" Bring actually. him back. Yeah, like he was just like, "What are you guys doing?" So he's um, one of the most hated people on the planet for nothing, for he, no reason. Uh, didn't they do the Didn't they do the Gladiator too? They did test screenings, and they were like, "This movie is." Phenomenal, yeah. and guess who's in this movie as one of the yeah. stars? Of Joseph Quinn. Yeah. Joseph Quinn is also going to be in somebody's movie next year too. He's yeah. He's got a, and he's doing a quiet play like this. He's got some. He's fine. Yeah. Like he's a. And did you see him in that little concept art mock up that they when they? And I was like, not only did that not look bad, it looked very sixties because this movie is going to take place in nineteen sixty three. Which oh, and I, I should. And we, I mean, Pedro Pascal is Reed Richards. Oh, we almost forgot about the most important <laughs> casting out of this whole thing. <laughs> so here's here's the thing. Here's what I think happened. I think, and you know, you you litigated this. Whole I have point. a theory. So a we game. Have, we, Just yeah. <laughs> we have. We have. I'm not trying to get sued. Yeah. So. What I, what we think happened is we do think Matt Smith was Reed Richards. We do think that was the choice and good choice. I think that's a good. That's like if it looks accurate, it looks pretty. No, we love decent. Matt Smith on this. Yeah, and, and Matt Smith is a dear friend of the podcast. <laughs> what I think happened is so what just came out? Secret Invasion comes out. Echo comes out, and it was great. What Secret Invasion? Nope. So 
what happened, what I think happened was Marvel was just like... What I think happened. Uh-oh. Like, we... Whatever we do for this, it needs to be an absolute hit. And then Pedro Pascal's like, I'm gonna have some time in between filming The Last of Us and whatever other movies and shows and doing, that I do. And doing voice work for The Mandalorian. Exactly. Like, I, I'll have a little bit of time. And, and Kevin Feige's like, wait, he's one of the most famous actors on the planet. And then they all laughed at each other and were looking in the studio and they were like... He couldn't play Reed Richards, right? He wouldn't pick up the phone right now if I called him, right? And then he did pick up the phone, and he gave a sassy response because he's a fun guy. He's a fun guy. And then they were like... And then they said, get that man in a blue sweater stat. <laughs> yeah. And then they looked at him, and they were like... We, we couldn't do this, right? They are like, not bad. Not bad. <laughs> not bad. <laughs> and then they did do it. And there we go. And I like I said, like we said, it was it's like sports drafting, like... Do you take the player that fits the team, or do you take the best player available? And this is the perfect case if they took the best player available. They took yeah. the guy that was the most famous, that good or bad. It's like the whole thing about you know good or bad press. It's press itself. Like they took the guy that was going to make the impact off the gate. Yeah. And I love Matt Smith, but that's Pedro Pascal. Like that's yeah. literally, like I said, one of the most famous actors on the planet. Like, and that leads to my theory. I think Matt Smith is going to be Doctor Doom. Yep. I love that a lot. I think Matt Smith is. I like. I like Matt Smith for like the weirdness of him. So and, and he can also be sixties weird. Yeah, that's my thing, dude. He did. What was the last night in Soho? Obviously, he did. Yes. You know, and obviously, um, Doctor Who. Doctor Who is very sixties, fifties, sixties. It's time travel. Yeah, but time yeah. travel, timey wimey shenanigans. Like Matt Smith. I just also I don't know something about Morbius. 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 <laughs> Something about Matt Smith being this, like, angry, like, just, you know... He looks foreign. treasonous. He looks he looks treacherous. Like, that, he's the perfect... <laughs> I think he's a great choice to play, to play you know, uh, to play Doctor Doom. Um, somebody that you could probably also have for a while, too. And he's one of those things where once he gets cast, too, if he gets cast, if this goes, you know, according to our plan, our diabolical plan, like... He also can be just the definitive person to be Doctor Doom at this point. Like he, he is Doctor Doom. Like he, he, I hope he becomes synonymous with it. Yeah, and I think he absolutely can. I mean, if that's the route they go, who right. knows? Who's to say? Um, Anya Taylor Joy was also suspiciously attached to this movie. Yeah, which I think they're gonna switch who she plays because I think I do think they were gonna do the original plan. The original plan and like the rumor that felt like it was gonna drop any day was that she was gonna play Silver Surfer. I don't think that's going to happen anymore. I do think she is going to be the villain of this movie, though. I did think they said, like, they want... You know what? I think they wanted her, and they saw the fan reception after that. So they were like, Javier, can you just play Galactus? <laughs> uh, there's, like, a 99% chance Javier Bardem's going to play Galactus from today, is what we saw. Give him um, a big helmet. Give, give him the big yeah, helmet. Oh, give, him, give, him the, give him the costume. Give him the costume. Give him the big helmet. They won't do anything Eternals-related, right? They wouldn't do that. No. Would they not? I don't think so. Anything celestial related? I mean, I guess it depends. Mm -hmm. Like, is the whole thing going to take place in the 60s? Well, I think the whole movie... Uh, well, I tweeted my theory a long time ago of how... And I, I was right. I was right about that, that this movie would take place in the 60s. So if I can ever get back and find that tweet, then I want my flowers. Because I said this movie's going to take place in the... Oh, no, I was wrong. I said it was going to take place like they were in the Avengers era, but then Kang removed them. Which I guess takes us to our last piece about this. Because Kang Dynasty... No, wait. We got one more thing. I mean, we can talk about that now. That Herbie's in this movie? Who? The uh, freaking robot. Oh, I think you said Hermes. Oh, no, no. <laughs> Hermes! Hermes! 
Um, Remember uh, when Lin Manuel Miranda played Hermes and yeah. Percy Jackson? We didn't I, even talk about that show. That show I miss was Lance fun. Riddick, man. Yeah, yeah. He was so good oh, as Zeus. God. It's his voice. It's his voice that just boot and the the argument's like, he doesn't look like the No no no. There's a reason why he's probably he's the king of the gods. And so just, good. This man had a three piece suit on to to sun his little brothers. It was so great. Good. You see oh. the fear that they talked about when they were talking about him? It's so good. Oh my god. That Percy Jackson universe has got some some infinite potential to be truthfully incredible. It got it got renewed immediately after the last episode too. Yeah. That tell that can tell you a lot. But um, are we done talking about the Fantastic Four? Yeah, it takes place in the '60s. Pedro Pascal is going to star in it. Vanessa Kirby is my favorite casting out of that whole thing. I think yeah, I agree with that. I think she is going to be great as, as Sue Storm. Um, yeah, I and Galactus and Silver Surfer are going to be in this movie. Get Lakeith Stanfield to play Silver Surfer. There's just something st- stoic and about him and like stoic and like again 60s weird i don't know any other way to explain it about lakeith stanfield <laughs> that i think would work uh yeah he's I'm, like mundane like i can't explain it i like that it's a period piece mm-hmm. i think that's really great i think it's much needed too to get them away from everything else that's going on right now i think it's yeah. like a definitive like this is something new like this is something obviously not timeline new but you know what i mean yeah i think it's rad man i think they should do more of that stuff um i mean i think it's groovy <laughs> inevitably they are gonna end up in the present day blah 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 mm-hmm. blah but for hopefully hopefully that doesn't happen until like the end of the movie you know what i mean what if johnny's a racist come on man <laughs> sorry um don't put that on joseph quinn um x-men mm-hmm. yeah 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 X-Men 97 trailer dropped at the end of the week that all this other stuff happened. Yeah, yeah, it was it was crazy. And like, here's another here's one more thing. And man, that trailer was awesome. <laughs> it's so good. Cuz it starts off it's like this television set from the from the early 90s and it's just it's Professor X dying previously on X-Men. Previously on X-Men. Man. Or he goes uh previously on the series finale of X-Men mm-hmm. and then it's the the end of Professor X well, he doesn't die. He goes away with the Shi'ar. Mm-hmm. They take him to heal him. But I guess that doesn't take. I don't know, based man. On the, he's coming back, right? He, well, ooh, I have a theory on he's he might come back as somebody else. Ooh. Do you do you dare do Phantom X? Ooh. I, maybe. They did every other crazy storyline in that, in that original run. Mm-hmm. They did... And Phantom X wasn't a thing, so... No. They did... What did they do in that original series? They did Age of Apocalypse. Yeah. Well, that was the biggest swing that they took. They did... Season one is Days of Future Past. Mm-hmm. Um, they did Dark Phoenix. Um, they did the Shi'ar. Mm-hmm. They did a bunch of stuff in that anime. I'm I'm, walk, I'm working my way through it Marvel, now. Take, take notes. Take notes, Kevin. Like, do, don't be afraid to do all the things. But so I, they I, could I do anything, really. Um... Magneto is going to be in charge mm-hmm. of the school mm-hmm. um, for a bit. I'm I making it a charter school. <laughs> charter school. Um, a lot of the returning cast is returning. Mm-hmm. Um, Ray Chase is Cyclops, and he sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, he Cyclops sound- is the main character. Appears to be. Yeah. Yep. Um, which, you know, should have always been that way. Mm-hmm. I hope um, the MCU adopts that a bit. Yeah. Um, it just looks, it looks great. Um, it's not too 
heavy on the 3D animation stuff. Mm-hmm. It's it's very it feels um, modern. A bit. Feels mo- it's modern, but also you know obviously nostalgic as well, which I think is a great balance. Um, and just some cool stuff happens. Gambit supercharges Wolverine's claws. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. <laughs> just cool. Um, Storm's got the mohawk. Storm's got the mohawk now. She's in a mid- she's having a midlife crisis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she's like, I'm, I got a mohawk now. Morph is back. Morph is back. Morph is back, looking like freaky morph. Mm-hmm. Good. <laughs> um, and it's I mean it's always good to see Gambit. Gambit, Gambit is Gambit. <laughs> this is gonna sound derogatory, Gambit. Is Gam- Does Gambit have Boba Fett syndrome? Where people remember him better than he he is. Yeah. Until uh, mm, that's actually a, a point I quite enjoy. <laughs> I mean, it makes a lot of sense. But I just think Gambit's cool. Like Boba Fett. Like, what does Boba Fett have that that like the Mandalorian didn't revolutionize? Well, yeah. I this? mean, the Mandalorian ruined it. But and, like, well, but and that's that's the only contest I'll make to that point is that like I don't Gambit's still cool. Like, yeah, like still, you can't replace Gambit right. with like anything else. I think the aura of Boba Fett is what held him up for so long. Like, I don't think Gambit needs that. I think Gambit's cool on his own. Yeah. I think it's just because Gambit has been confined to this thing. Mm-hmm. And um, like, he also couldn't get off the ground in live action. Like he couldn't get the proper. I didn't dude. hate Taylor Kitsch's oh, take me, on it. Me neither. Oh, that, that movie is an absolute disaster. I think that's more of the, <laughs> the, the thing that's wrong. You know what the best thing about Taylor Kitsch's Gambit is? Have you ever, I don't know if you, I'll show you them after the, but they did like these character teasers Oh, I, rem- I remember those vividly. I and the Gambit those- one is really cool. good. I remember that because they did one for Will I Am, they did one for the Blob, and I remember uh, you would be on TV and like you would catch whichever one that you catch. Yeah. And I remember, I remember the Will I Am one specifically. Yeah. I remember that Gambit one. I would be like, because remember he puts a stick through the wall and he's sliding down the wall, and I'm like, this. Wait a second. If I've always learned anything about life, it's this: always play the cards you're dealt. That does like the gambit, like supercut, and I'm like, ooh, mm-hmm. gambit, sick. Remember when we thought everybody thought that movie was going to be really cool? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, and it was cool for like the first bit, the mm-hmm. first couple minutes. Well, oh yeah, when they, they're running through all the, all well, they the do different the decades, and I'm like, oh, well, they, they do the mission it, in it, Vietnam, right? It's like, and Ryan Reynolds is Deadpool, and you're like, Ooh. yeah, like, wait a second, maybe that'll pay off later, but probably not. Okay, people are dead. Yeah, you guys come out now. Ah <laughs> oh, man, but yeah, this this looks really rad. Um, that's also coming out March 14th. I believe so. Move over, Invincible. Yeah. What a what a swing. See, Kevin Feige did sit up in his chair. He's like, y'all must have forgot. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, the last bit of news is just just came across the wire yesterday, today. I think, yeah, I think yesterday, late yesterday. Um, Kang Dynasty is no more. The dynasty's over. The, the dynasty's dead. Is over. The dynasty was over before it started. Um, yeah, Avengers Five is now just back to being Avengers Five. Mm-hmm. Um, they're. I don't even think we're at a point of recasting the character. I think that character's DOA. Yeah, maybe maybe that's maybe that's the best thing that you can do. Maybe you pivot. Um, obviously, Coleman Domingo is on like the, and I think he said at the Baptist too that like you know I had been talking to Marvel for years about doing something with them, and obviously Coleman Domingo he already was pretty famous, but now he's starting to really. I mean, he's got an Oscar nomination. Like he's starting to really 
really starting to rise. Like that could be an option. Um, but at this point, maybe you do just completely pivot. Maybe you do take the swing. It doesn't necessarily have to be Doom right now. I do think there is a. I think it, I do think it's telling that we learned that Doom is going to be in this movie in Fantastic Four. That is, we mm-hmm. probably will do Secret Wars. I don't think that was ever a question on if Secret Wars was going to be the last movie. Yeah. Um. So I have a. I have an idea. I, there was I have, an idea. I, there was an idea. I have an idea of what 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 y'all can do because I do think space it out, take your time, get the Fantastic. Fantastic Four and the X-Men set, and then you can do your thing. Um, here's what I think Avengers 5 should look like. So you, you're you making such this point about the Thunderbolts, right? That they're so important, to the point where they switched the release dates too. They they moved <laughs> up the Thunderbolts as well. They got that Sony confidence. They got the Sony confidence. I do think that Thunderbolts movie is going to be... I'm nervous. I, I'm a bit nervous. Um, <laughs> so, here's I'm what I'm doing. Why don't, in this world where we don't have any Avengers right now, right? And one of the biggest complaints. I think Avengers 5, you try to do do the Dark Avengers for, for Avengers 5. You do, like, an amalgamation of Dark Reign and Dark Avengers. And you have them all, like, th- these, you know, publicly proclaimed, like, these are your new Avengers. Like, this is who you have. Like, yeah. you have Red Guardian. Like, you, I'd probably bring Tim Roth back and make sure, just so you get, like, a more powerful-esque kind of character there. Like, Tim Roth is the abomination. Like... These are your new Avengers. Like you have your Black Widow, you have your Captain America, you have your Hulk. Like here, like here, world. Yeah. And then Sam, or you have Sam Wilson in the background. Like, <laughs> abs- no shot, absolutely not. <laughs> um, and then obviously you're gonna have. Don't waste Harrison Ford either. Um, he's not a young man anymore. Like, make sure you don't waste him. Have him be like he, he's the president in Captain America Four. Like. That should be Avengers Five. Like, do it, do it. Have them fight. Have him, and then what that does is it helps Anthony Mackie proclaim himself as like, I am Captain America. I am the leader of the true Avengers now. Like, this is me. Like, you get Letitia right. You get like, go, go get the Avengers now. Like, you you already have you have Evangeline Lilly and and Paul Rudd. Like, start to form the Avengers back. Get a get a tried and true roster together. I think that's super. Like, get a we know who the roster was in 2012, 2015, 2017. 2018 and 20 like we knew who the roster was like go get the roster together of who the avengers are make it definitive these are the avengers now so i think that that's a good move in my opinion don't waste the thunderbolts i told you the reason is don't you have florence Pugh, sebastian stan and david harbour like waiting right there like have them go against each other in this movie the end of the movie can end with you know yelena's like i'm gonna join the avengers now David Harbour's like, nope, I absolutely not. Like, Captain America stole my whole shine. I'm not going to let this happen again. Yep. Like, you can have... But have have Harrison Ford be the villain of this whole thing. Like, have him be the guy that's like, this is who the, who, this is who the villain is. So, that's, that's my idea. Use the Thunderbolts to your leverage. Have that be Avengers 5. It simplifies things a little bit, too. And it's not it's not a villain of the weakest mentality, but it's more of like a, hey, like, we just need to make sure there's an Avengers team right now. Because something's coming which is the collapse in the multiverse so we're going to need we're going to need a team ready to go. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense to me. I mean, you, I mean it, it it apparently based on this what the story was is they were already kind of out on Kang after mm-hmm. Quantumania, which I don't believe. I actually don't believe that one bit. And I I think it's cuz of who Jonathan Majors was. I no I in my opinion no shot that they were going to dump Jonathan Majors before before anything. Yeah. Yeah, and it also, I mean, all the stuff, all the other stuff that happened happened, but that would have been at the time mm-hmm. would have been, right. been really unfair to him mm-hmm. because I think we both agree 
he's easily the best part of that movie. I, I don't even think it's a question. Like, there's no question. So I don't think that movie failed because of Kang the Conqueror. That movie failed because it's not great. <laughs> not, not good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so that would have been a little... Uh, I think that's just them being like, no, this was always going to no, happen. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. <laughs> um, no, I, yeah, I agree. I don't think that was necessarily the case. Um, go, but, look in, go look into the past. You have options to choose from from, the, from this movie. I just think the whole the whole theme of what I'm saying is like, get back to the simplicities of things. Just make an Avengers movie that is an Avengers movie. Obviously, this yeah. movie can have implications on what the future is, what Secret Wars is. Just define some lines of what storytelling is. Find some characters. Go tell Anthony Mackie here. If if we fail, we fail. If we succeed, we succeed. You're the main character of this. You're going to get, you know, do you do, I mean, do you tell Chris Hemsworth, like, if you're down and you're back, like, you know, Thor's, you know, he's a god, you're going to live for for thousands of years. Like, hey, you too, like, you're back as one of the main characters of this. Um, Just find a couple of them and say, hey, these are the Avengers now. That's it. I just, I also wish they didn't wait, not waste, but like the whole scroll thing, because you also could have done a Kree Scroll War Avengers movie too. That would have been kind of interesting. One million scrolls? 999,000 scrolls. 999,999 scrolls. Um, One less, because Ben Mendelsohn died. No. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, all this stuff that's happened in the last three, five years, for Marvel really goes to show you how remarkable the first 10 years were that they went off pretty much without a hitch. It's it's Terrence it Howard. Aside. Does, doesn't even make sense <laughs> because make like Terrence Howard Kang <laughs> next time, baby. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll be back. back mine. God, oh, come on, man. <laughs> I beat him. I beat him to it. <laughs> um, yeah, man. It's really remarkable that they were able to do what they did because everything, everything that can go wrong, has gone wrong. Yeah, it's it's. I, I just never thought this was a possibility that we're living in this, where like the Renaissance is over. But as but they then say, Deadpool's coming out, and it looks great. So and also the whole thing about like you know people Echo came out and people are like Marvel's cooked, and then Deadpool Loki comes out and people are like Marvel's back, and then you know what the Marvels comes out and people are like Marvel's dead, and then this comes like I think they have a lot of really cool stuff coming. I mm-hmm. think Deadpool 3 is, is going to be really good. I think Daredevil Born Again is going to be really good. Mm-hmm. Um, just now. Yeah, right. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's just, can you get the through line through? That's the question. Can you get the through line of what the point is through? Yeah. And now, you know, maybe you have, maybe here you have an opportunity to softly reboot that. Mm-hmm. Maybe, you, maybe you can softly pivot away from Kang the Conqueror. Maybe, yeah. Maybe it's got to be like a full 180 turn of, you know, he's, he is gone. He like, he, Ant-Man did defeat him and he's gone and forever. the TVA snuffed out all the Kang variants. The variants. Yep. Um, you know, maybe you can do that. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, so yeah, I think, I don't, I don't think this is, nice. I think this is actually a better option than trying to power forward with Kang Dynasty and mm-hmm. trying to just, not even, it's not even the recasting the character so much. It's just the character just... The character was well-performed, mm-hmm. but outside of that, has the character worked? Not really. Not really. I mean, it's, it's funny. The character worked better without the name of Kang on him the whole time. <laughs> Every time we've seen him, the best he's been has been outside of that. It's yeah, been, he's either been He Who Remains, Remains or Victor Timely. And both great stuff that came out of Loki Season 2. Like, 
that's where we're at. That's where we're at. So maybe it is the time of like that. It Kang was a one and done, unfortunately, because that's a huge Avengers villain. But hey, yeah. sometimes everything doesn't go according to plan. You got to pivot a bit. And then just real quick, Michael Giacchino might be directing Midnight Suns. <laughs> There's a chance that that Midnight Suns movie could be one of the coolest movies that they pull out of the MCU. Yeah. So who's gonna be in this movie? Obviously, you're you're. It's gonna be Oscar Isaac and Mahershala Ali are gonna say yes. I don't think that's. Uh, oh, and Oscar Isaac just said like I'm I'm ready. Like as I'm soon re- as I'm, I'm ready. Like I'm as soon as as soon as the talks are gonna start talking. Like I mean, you probably get the werewolf by night. I, I think that's like that's like definitive. Like you get Elsa, Elsa Bloodstone. Right. You get Man Thing. You get the werewolf by night. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I don't think that was ever in question. So, so them them that's five. Yep. You do. Do you do Ghost Rider? Question mark? Yeah, you do. You get Gosling because that's one of the rumors that was oh, floating that for a while. So sick. You get Gosling. He plays Ghost Rider. That would be cool. Or Keanu Reeves. Or Norman Reedus. Norman Reedus is like a that's that's a really <laughs> great choice. But yeah, you throw Ghost Rider in there. Um, who else do you got? What? Or I, I are you going to say the thing that I, do you want to say it on three? What Diego Luna or Gabriel Luna? As it's one of the Lunas. Oh, I which thought... Luna is it? Gabriel Luna played him in Agents of Shield. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Not bad. Oh, he was. Oh, he was so good. Remember when Agents of Shield was just like we're doing Star- the Ghost Rider arc? It's not even that for Agents <laughs> of Shield. It's just Agents of Shield forgot about the MCU and was just like, what if we just made good television? And they just didn't stop for like three seasons straight. I love that. It's just like here's here's this new season and Ghost Riders here, mm-hmm. and you're like, huh? <laughs> What do you mean? <laughs> what, do, what do you mean? You can't just do Ghost Rider. And then they did it. And then they did. And it was awesome. It was so good. <laughs> but yeah, what was the thing you were going to say? Because it wasn't the thing I was thinking, clearly. You, you don't you don't put Elizabeth Olsen in this movie, right? Ooh. Uh, but the person I did say, and if you want to get somebody that's already established and somebody that's also in a bit of a limbo state, because I think he was encompassing of all the Kang stuff. Do you, do you put Benedict Cumberbatch in this movie and have him be the leader of the Midnight Suns? Mm. And that because he is very outside of the Avengers, if you think about it, like he's yeah. the one that's like not necessarily an Avenger. Like this is his event, like because his comparison, Spooky Avengers, right? He's like he's like weird <laughs> Tony Stark. So like, do you he's make him weird Tony Stark? <laughs> like, do you make him like the Tony Stark of the like, Spooky Avengers? Yeah, like that would be an interesting concept. Like he pulls all these, especially after that bout with Car- Scarlet Witch. He's like. Y'all, we need. I need some. I need some heroes. I need freaks and weirdos. Yeah, I need. Free, I don't need. I need. I don't need heroes. I need. What freaks. do you do? Turn yeah. into a werewolf. You're yeah, in. You're in. What are you? A vampire that's also a, a man. Mm-hmm. You're in. What is that? Some type of swamp monster. Yeah, you're that in. That can disintegrate people. He's you're in. in. Yep. What else we got? You're the Bloodstones from the Elsa Bloodstones. You're in. You got a red coat. You're in. You're in. Yes. Yeah. Oh, this guy sold his soul to the de- to the devil, and he drives a bike. That's on fire. You're in. Give me, get, send me all the freaks and weirdos. See if if they really wanted to take a swing, you and capitalize on what you have. You delete the Agatha Coven of Chaos, and you Spider-Man, just Spider Man. Get Ben. Yeah, get Ben. You're not in this. You're not weird enough. Ben Riley. <laughs> Maybe. He's kind of weird. He is kind of weird. <laughs> I I think there is a world where you say you know you tell what's her name. Catherine Hahn. Catherine Hahn. You're not getting the show, but you get to be the villain of this thing. That would be fun. You make Catherine Hahn, and then, you know, we end the Darkhold stuff, too. Like, the, the whole... The, like, <laughs> don't open it. Don't open it. And then she opened it again. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, 
I told I we said I mean we've said this with when Multiverse of Madness came out like you put her in this spot where like her return is gonna be a big deal <sighs> <laughs> and so you gotta you gotta do it <laughs> yeah the spooky weird realm like yeah maybe visions in this I don't know he's not spooky enough <laughs> but like white visions weird he's weird you said weird and spooky <laughs> That's fair. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, we'll see. I'm excited. I mean, we said when Werewolf by Night. Came oh, out. oh, um, we forgot about Dane Whitman too. He's, I think, I think he's he's not spooky enough. Yeah. Oh, he, you don't put Blade in the post credit scene, and he's not in the movie. They put his voice in. Uh, it, it's him. <laughs> the director said it. Chloe Zhao said it's him. It, it's him. So I don't think he's spooky enough yet. He's got to earn his spookiness first. Well, well, he's in there, so I know he's got a. I know he's got a curse sword, but. He, he's in there. He, Let the cursed sword do some cursed wow, sword Kit things. Kit Harrington's in the MCU and he just hasn't been. Talk- this is the issue uh-huh. with four and five and maybe six. We don't know yet. Get him, make him spooky first, and then then we'll consider it. Well, he has the, the cursed sword that. Well, he's got to use it. He's got. He's got to use it. He can't oh, just- uh, what's her name's probably also going to be in there too. Once they get her back from space, if they ever want to do Eternals too, which please do. Uh, oh, they got to get, uh, get Cersei back from space, and then she can probably also be in this. Yeah. Yeah, this is like all corners of the MCU. The weirdest people from all the corners of the MCU get together. <laughs> put put Barry Keoghan back, Keoghan back in this. Druid was kind of spooky and weird. That's his MO. That's Barry Keoghan. <laughs> Maybe it's him. Maybe yeah, it's not even him. the character. They're like, ah, oh, Druid's in this. And they're like, no, he's like, actually, I'm actor Barry Keoghan. Oh, it's this. just Barry Keoghan? <laughs> 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 yeah. Um, and that's a that's a wrap. That is a wrap. That was a fun discussion about Midnight Suns, actually. Yeah, yeah. Look, Michael Giacchino's... Look, Werewolf by Night. You get a two-for-one, too, because he's going to do the score and he's going to direct the movie? Werewolf by Night was heat. Yeah, it was heat. They, they were cooking in that movie. I need more of that. I need oh, more, like, whoa. Give me more of that. Yeah, more more of that. Where's that stuff been? Where's the Marvel the Marvel one, one-offs been? Where those been? Well, we got a one-shot show. Why are we not doing, why are we not doing more of those? <laughs> They have I, the Agatha, two that they did were both really good. Yep, Agatha Coven of Chaos also should have been a one shot. Echo, yeah. you probably could have done a one shot for Echo. Yeah, or Dude. like a part one, part two. Kind sure, of deal. sure, yeah, yeah. All right, man. So, um, I think that's it. That's really it. But before we go, so we yesterday, the other day, yesterday, yesterday. Yep, we, it was yesterday. <laughs> so Final Fantasy VII Rebirth is around the corner. The reviews have come out today, and it's receiving critical critical acclaim. <laughs> um, sitting on a so the Rotten Tomatoes equivalent to the gaming world is Metacritic, and you get into the nineties in Metacritic, and you got yourself a mm-hmm. you got yourself a generational game here. And Final Fantasy VII Rebirth has launched to a ninety three. I think it's still sitting at on Metacritic, which is insane. It's higher than a lot of people would have even expected, including myself. Um, thought it. Final Fantasy rarely breaks the 90s. Um, this is the highest rated Final Fantasy title since Final Fantasy IX, which came out in... Nine, nope, 2003? 2002? 2003? Which is crazy, so you're talking like 20 years. And so leading up to Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, the Square Enix team has spent no expense. So they were like, why don't we put our 2005 cinema CGI movie Advent Children back in theaters? We went to see it. You... Me, a Final Fantasy VII lifer that's been around this story, these characters since 1997, and you, 
who I wasn't even around in 1997. Who was not around in 1997 at all as a person, and who who was up until yesterday, <laughs> not even not even ingratiated into any of these characters were, and then you got out of the car last night and knew everything. So I had watched a couple of videos to catch up on the lore. <laughs> And I got it. So our Final Fantasy fans are going to understand immediately. I I said, what's his name? Hojo? Yeah. I go, the whole thing wouldn't have happened if Vincent had just killed Hojo. And you were like, excuse me? And I was like, Whoa. I'm, I'm in now. Yeah. <laughs> Sephiroth's mom is a, is a murderous alien. Inter, inter spatial alien yes. creature. Space that, That's a psycho. Yep. Space horror. Or is, does she get a bad rap? Because she doesn't really do much. She just sits in that chamber for like thousands of years, <laughs> I think and everybody she gets just a bad rap. Yeah, and everybody just says she's the worst. I nothing is proven that she's the worst so far. She's not great. She's not. She isn't great. Um, but who's worse? Hojo. He's, he's Hojo's the worst. He's the actual worst human. So we saw Edmund Children yesterday. What did gas. you? What did gas. you think? Inc- gas. You tell me Cooked. what you thought of it. <laughs> Cooking gas. Incredible. <laughs> Inspired. <laughs> Hilarious. Yeah, it's. Look, man, it's early 2000s Japanese CGI anime nonsense. It is absurdly just a thrill ride. That's the best way to explain it. Man, the fight sequences are are something. They're unbelievable. They're still unbelievable. Mm-hmm. I mean, this was this was upscaled to 4K from the 2005 version, but yeah, it's it's the first time I'd ever seen it in theaters because it didn't come to theaters the mm-hmm. first time, which is kind of crazy. And Look, man, people were there. Oh, there were some people in that theater. We, I walked in, I was like, ooh. We've seen actual movies with fewer people in the theater before. We saw the Marvels and there was less people in the theater. Yeah, probably. <laughs> like, there was people. It was close. Yeah, there was people in there for a movie that came out 19 years ago. And it's very niche. Yeah, it is extremely niche. This is, a, like you said, like this Japanese video game adaptation. Sequel film. Sequel 3D film. And people were there was butts and seats. Yeah, and they were locked in. Yeah, it's it's you know it's a great it's a great uh it's a great <laughs> it's a great gateway drug into the world of Final Fantasy. Yeah, and I I got it. I, I took that drug multiple times yesterday. Advent Children is that I truly believe Final Fantasy VII remake is a great gateway drug into this into this world. Um, yeah, I just, I'm just curious to hear what your thoughts were on this. It, it was it was amazing. It <laughs> As was, someone who just who shotgunned all the lore before beforehand. It was like, so I was on the drive there and I was just like video after video of trying to understand everything. And I was just like, I got out of the car and I was just like, I, I am final fantasy now. Like I, I understand everything like Aerith just being Kiri from avatar two. I don't think she's dead. Like I was giving you theories on what I think was going to happen. You're like, wait, wait a second. Yeah. He's all the way in. He's he's been re- he's been red pilled at this point. Yeah, unfortunately, I was gonna I was gonna play the. At some point, we are gonna talk. I promise, we'll talk about the Last of Us Part Two Remaster. Oh yeah, but there is there is a that. slight chance that I play Final Fantasy. Re- Maybe I'll play them at the same time, so I give both some love. Oof. Um. Yeah, man. Rebirth is shaping up to be shaping up to be what I what I th- thought thought it was gonna be when I first saw the first trailer. I was like this. If they're if they're gonna deliver on all this stuff that they're promising, like it's gonna be open world and you're gonna have all this stuff to do and the combat and all that stuff and the characters, the music and story is all what it has been for 
30 years, then yeah, this can win game of the year without any irony or hyperbole. I truly think it can. Um, everything that I've seen of it, people are already saying the performances are incredible, which is honestly a testament to it, to it because typically with these Japanese RPGs, people are like the dubs are whack, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, in this, they're like, no, everyone does a really great job. Um, shout out to that whole cast. Um, I told you that Tyler Hecklin is dog. So weirdly detached from this, from this franchise, <laughs> <laughs> because I he's done no press, no nothing. He never shows up at any events. Mm-hmm. He just gets he's in there. He's too busy playing Superman. He just gets in there and he's like, give me my lines. And he's cooks. Incredible. And I mean, look, shout out the weird Superman legacy casting that Sephiroth has found his way into. George Newbern, who portrays him in Advent Children, mm-hmm. obviously was the, the 90s voice of animated Superman. Like the defi- He was the definitive Superman for a mm-hmm. lot of people for many years, much in the same vein that Kevin Conroy was the definitive Batman, like mm-hmm. George Newbern was. Mm-hmm. And his Sephiroth, I would argue, was iconic. Mm-hmm. And I think Tyler Hecklin does outstanding. Well, same way I feel about Cody Christensen, just from Cody what I played. Cody Christensen is amazing. He gets it. Mm-hmm. He get and I could say that about the whole cast. The whole cast you can just tell understand understands the assignment, understands the characters. Um Cody Christian just decided I'm just gonna get on Twitter and just be amazing mm-hmm. for like three weeks before this game came mm-hmm. out. And he was like, Here's why Cloud is awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he gets it, man. He gets it. It's like attachment to character that I love, especially from the video game realm. You know who has that Cameron Mana had has that for Cal Kestis. Like there's just like there's a attachment to the actual character which makes it super great. So I'm super excited. Obviously now I'm gonna play the remake. I actually I I'm on the bombing mission. It's great. Like I, I picked it up. I was like I was like literally five minutes into the bombing mission because I, I guess I lost my save because I was chasing cats the last time I was playing that game. Yeah. But I was like, let me just restart and then I turned it on and it's just the music starts and I'm like, is this why did I never know about this why did I never give myself to this universe before? It's, it's the lore is is <laughs> just absurd oh it's yeah the lore is insane and stuff that happens on the ground level you know there's some advanced stuff that goes on like especially when you dive into like the whole it's the game the story is incredible it's 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 a tale of of unreliability Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways um it's a tale of of you know, not to sound like too like melodramatic about it. It's, it truly is a tale of battling mental health. I, I was going to say the same thing. This it is really like, yeah. is, man. Mm-hmm. Um, that group, that crew. Is that the new age of gaming? Trauma? But Final Fantasy revolutionized it first, technically, because this happened before The Last of Us, before the yeah. new age God of War. That whole, that whole group that you learn, like the party that, that gets together in this game are all bonded by some type of traumatic experience. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's and that's incredible. Barrett has to kill his partner before I told you I'm in on the lore. <laughs> this guy gets it. Yeah. Um there's that whole stuff with Matt with Corell and Barrett mm-hmm. and why he feels responsible for like he feels responsible for the rise of Shinra in yeah. a lot of ways. Yep. <laughs> like cause he he drank the Kool-Aid. Mm-hmm. Um he believed What do you in- mean by that? <laughs> 
he he subscribed to the the use of Mako energy, then he feels responsible. You know, he feels like he abandoned his best friend, Mm -hmm. and then he reconciles with that, and they confront each other. Mm -hmm. Um, Sid Sid Highwind, you know, only had one dream of going to space, Mm -hmm. and Shinra took it away from him, Mm -hmm. and, and it turned him into like a outraging alcoholic. He's you know, like worst case scenario Han Solo at that point. Kinda, yeah. I mean, uh, Vincent. God. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, where, where, I mean, Yuffie, who appears to be this lighthearted character, like had her culture mm-hmm. stripped away from her. Um, you want to talk just about the mass murder of the plate falling on, like, and you know, a definition of yeah. this is what the rich will do to the poor, yeah. given the time and literally, opportunity to. Quite literally, yeah. They dropped the sector seven plate. On mm-hmm. thousands of people. And it just happens. And yeah. people are like, okay. Yeah, life life truly goes on. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, I mean, Cloud and Tifa, the crux of their collective trauma of Nibelheim losing their hometown, their family, their friends, Cloud's loss of identity, mm-hmm. loss, loss of self. Um, you know, man, even a character that's not human mm-hmm. in Red 13 has this trauma with feeling like his father abandoned mm-hmm. him and abandoned his people or creatures species i don't know um you know but reconciling that you know he returns home and they his his grandfather shows him like no your father actually protected the entire population mm-hmm. by sacrificing himself so like that whole even a crazy character like cat like kate sith mm-hmm. is is this Mog puppet mm-hmm. who you actually discover is Reeve Tuesti, who worked for Shinra, mm-hmm. who worked, he was the urban planner, uh, earning planning uh, manager mm-hmm. when the plate fell and he felt responsible for that. So he decided to kind of go about it his own way. Like, it's that whole it's story. It's a really good found family story at the core, too. Yeah, it's a found family story, exactly. And it's littered with tragedy. Um, and overcoming. I mean, literally the last battle of the original Final Fantasy VII is Cloud not facing actual Sephiroth, but diving into his own mindscape mm-hmm. and battling Sephiroth in his mind, mm-hmm. in his head, to exercise that demon forever until he doesn't, which is where you get Advent Children, mm-hmm. where Sephiroth returns because he's the first Flash. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we, we made the revelation that this is just the Flash TV show. I will never be a memory. Who said why? Why? Why did you do all this? Because I hate you. <laughs> Tell me what you cherish most. Give me the pleasure of taking it away, dog. Ah, <laughs> uh, and then you know I didn't even dive into the whole Zach stuff. I was gonna say yeah, we didn't even talk about Zach. Zach's another great character. Um, well, I, it's good, probably gonna get a lot of shine in this game too, which is mm-hmm. much deserving. Yeah. Which, not even deserving. I just, I just think that. Look at me being a Final Fantasy. Look at him go, lore guy. Look at him go. I just feel like whatever this third game gets to is gonna have one of the like biggest reveals in gaming history. Like it's gonna be like this, just absolutely like, just like the sky is falling reveal that's gonna happen in this third game because yeah. something's up. And you talked about how they're gonna deal with the timelines in this game and you know these convergent, not these convergent timelines, but like. You know, something's happening. Something, something's up. <laughs> Something weird is going on, and you experience that at the end of the first game, at the end of Final Fantasy VII Remake, when you know you defeat Sephiroth, quote unquote. Um, they return to Zack's last stand, 
And you, th- you why, think you, why is that? You think you know how it's going to go. He does the whole bit, embrace your dreams, mm-hmm. and whatever happens, protect your honor, a soldier. He charges in, and then they cut away from it, and then they cut back to it, and Zach's standing there, and he goes, wait, was that all of them? Mm-hmm. And you're like... <laughs> what do you mean by that? <laughs> and you're like... And that's where, you know... And it's truly amazing that they were able to pull that off to the point... Because you think remake, right? You think remake and you're mm-hmm. like, like I had that, I had that, I had that Game of Thrones, I read the books, you idiots. Mm-hmm. I know where this is going. And then the end of remake happens and you're like, I'm on equal footing with literally everybody else mm-hmm. now because I have no clue what's going to mm-hmm. happen. And I think to return to a project 30 years after the fact and me go, I don't know what's going to happen is awesome mm-hmm. to me. <laughs> Keeps the intrigue, man. Keeps the intrigue. Because I've said this to people before, you could have given me a one-to-one remake, made it pretty, expanded on some things, gave me the voice acting, and I would have really liked it. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't have been talking about it for the last four years yeah. <laughs> in the way that I've been talking about remake. Sure. Just the theorizing, the, you know replaying the game again, finding different things, different musical cues. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a specific scene in Remake in Chapter 2, I believe, where after Cloud confronts Sephiroth the first time, he's wandering through like the alleyways of Midgar, and the it's the theme from Advent Children when they're in the Forgotten City, like that humming kind of music. And I'm like, wait, they're putting Advent Children music in this mm-hmm. game now. You said that last night, and I was just like, this is making... As somebody that's a huge Final Fantasy fan <laughs> myself, I, I understood that reference. Um, To the to the point where, like, the final boss fight in Final Fantasy VII Remake against the Whispers, who are, like, the living manifestations of Destiny, there's three distinct Whispers, and you're like, wait, this is Kadaj, Laws, and Yazoo from Advent Children appearing in this mm-hmm. time and you're like there's something going on here <laughs> and we'll see what happens in a week from yeah, now <laughs> i'm super excited to play I, like i actually might have to put the last of us on a back burner just so i can stay up to date because if everything goes according to my plan i might just launch right into rebirth and then be a bigger final fantasy fan than you are he's gonna over he's gonna overtake me <laughs> it's gonna happen so i'm super excited for that um, I'm glad you enjoyed Advent Children. I I'm, really did enjoy that. <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad you've ingratiated yourself into the into the lore. Um and that's why I'm glad we live ultimately in the age of that we live in, is you can literally jump onto a couple YouTube videos and you're like, I'm I'm up to speed. Mm-hmm. Whereas like that wasn't an option, you know, 10, 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. You would have had to have gone back and played the original game. You had played this one and this one. And like the internet wasn't as like easy to navigate, but now it's like at the snap of a finger, like I'm into this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think that's awesome. Like that's, I will never, I will never be a supporter of gatekeeper culture of like, yep. You know, of I've been a fan of this thing for 40 years. Yep. And, you know, you can't the Simpsons killed us because everybody thought that's how comics were. I remember when I, I had stopped reading comics and I got back into comics. I went to the comic book shop and I was just like, this isn't like this is like the guy there is like one of the, my favorite people on planet Earth. Like he's like and I remember like one time I was staying there and there was a person in front of me and me and him just started talking about comics and he had been a comic fan for years upon years. We just talked about stuff like that's the beauty and like, you know, 
going even further, like the let's just talk about the MCU as, as a whole too. Like the ascent. Like I remember people were coming to me to ask questions about things, and that made me feel good about like now it's like you can't be bullied. Like now I need help to understand this thing. Like that's the beauty of all this stuff too. So before you go to the, like I don't want people to know about the thing. Like you're negating somebody from getting that feeling that you want that yeah. you had. Like why can't some everybody else want? Don't you want that? Don't you want more yeah. people to like the thing that you like? Yeah, I think the bigger the umbrella, the better. Um, I think that's the beauty of it is, you know, you can all of a sudden decide, like, I'm going to decide to, to get into this thing. And mm-hmm. I think that's awesome because, you know, that just, you know, that opens up another avenue for interpretation. Ultimately, um, I've had, I've seen, I've seen, you know, there've been people like myself who have seen the whole story from front to back and experience remake. I've seen people start at remake and go back. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen people who experience remake and they're like, I'm just going to jump into rebirth. And I think that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, I truly do. Like, I think like no one's, no one's path to liking a particular thing is more or less valid. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that's, that's ultimately where I come at it as I think the more people that can enjoy a thing that just speaks to how good the thing is, um, that it's that accessible. Yep. Um, that anyone can can dive in at any point in time and be like, I'm I'm into this and I understand it now. Right. Um, and that's because, you know, you and I are both big proponents that, you know, story, characters, you know, all that stuff, if that delivers, then anything it can be for anybody. Yeah, cue the cue Robin Williams monologue from Dead Poet Society. Like this is this is what we live for. Like this is the thing. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see what happens in a week, man. We'll see what happens. Maybe more than a week because, based on based on all the reviews, man, I'm gonna need some gonna need some time with this one. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is going to do it for us this week. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at Project INF underscore Pod. You can follow us on Facebook. You can follow us on Instagram at the Project Infinite Pod. And next week, Dune, man. I cannot wait. How you feel about Final Fantasy Rebirth is how I felt about Dune. It's cool that we're getting these things in the same week, too. Yeah, like, it's just... (laughs) There's some type of poetry there that I think... It's a beautiful dichotomy of, like, the one thing that I've been waiting for for the longest time and the one thing you've been waiting for for the longest time come out. We're seeing them within four days of each other. It's It's amazing. It is kind of crazy how that worked out. Our personalities <laughs> that we've adopted are coming we'll out. We'll see same. Dune on Sunday, and I'll be playing Rebirth on Thursday. Is 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 kind of funny. <laughs> I can't wait. Um, I'll, I'll see you on Arrakis, my boy. Oh, I I really can't. I gotta. I gotta. I, I gotta, might rewatch the movie again tonight. I, I gotta rewatch cause. it. Um, I'll rewatch it Saturday, most likely, um, because I have not. Not because I didn't want to, but I have not seen it since we saw it. Mm-hmm. In oh wow! Oh, well, I've well, I mean, I've I've borderline like, you know, I've made I've tried to make a lot of leaps and bounds in my own, yeah, you know, film endeavors. So I've I've like studied that movie. Sure, like, I've I've like watched all the behind the scenes for that. I've, I actually, un, you know, just because YouTube kept going, I had the behind the scenes for the first one was just running on my computer while we were just talking just then. Mm-hmm. So this movie, like, I know from the back of my hand, but I just, I man, I love the cinema. I love the idea of it. I get um, it, man. What have you been doing? I guess we'll bring that back because I haven't. We haven't seen each other. I've been watching X Men. I also, funny enough, had watched it. I don't know why I watched <laughs> X Men First Class, but go ahead. I've been watching. I've been watching X Men. I've been watching X Men the animated series. Um, it still it still holds up. 
I think it's still really good. Um, obviously, it has that Saturday morning cartoon feel to it, mm-hmm. which is great. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think it does. I think it is a little higher than you know your average, especially once you know I'm pretty early on. But once those storylines really mm-hmm. start rolling and going back to it as an adult and being more, you know, having a little, being armed with more comic knowledge of like. Oh shoot! They're doing this thing mm-hmm. from like they're doing Days of Future Past. They're mm-hmm. doing Age of Apocalypse. Where like when I was a kid, like I didn't know what any of that was. Right. Um, like they're doing the Phoenix Saga. Like they're introducing the Shi'ar. Like I'm like man, they really yanked a lot of stuff and put it into that show. Um, so I've been I've been enjoying that. Um, as we get ready for X Men '97, I've been I've been playing Final Fantasy VII Remake again. Um, getting ready for Rebirth and. Much like you, how you feel about Dune is how I feel about Final Fantasy VII Remake. As soon as that opening title credit hits, freaking you get you get to the bit, the train bit. You're on the train, clouds on the train. He jumps off. The music starts, and you're in Mako Reactor One. And I'm like, this is the greatest game ever made. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it just Energy, is. man. Energy. <laughs> so yeah, that's what I've been doing. Um, obviously. I'm the I'm the movie guy here. I'm the resident movie guy. Apparently, that's what they tell. That's what the producers told me before I sat in the <laughs> chair. Um, so I've been running through. Um, I'm, I'm now I'm in my now I'm in my my the Oscars are in a couple of weeks. I got to get ready, so I'm going to check everything out. So um, I have seen American Fiction um, from Jeffrey Wright and Cord Jefferson, and much to my knowledge, I I forgot or didn't even know. You know why Cord Jefferson is famous? Because he he helped write the Watchmen show. He helped write the Good Place. Like as soon as I I heard the Watchmen, I knew everything I needed to know about Cord Jefferson. He was a giant. I listened to uh, a podcast he was on um, where he talked about you know his career and everything that had happened. Um, and he was a journalist um, in L.A. for a while, and how much of that character represented himself um, through Jeffrey Wright's character of of Monk. Um, just an I I do think that movie will win the writing awards this year. Like any, it's, it's going to be between that and past lives when the, like the, you know, the philosophical and ideology ideologies of the makeup of what writing is like American fiction understands that. I mean, this movie is about a writer, but it's, it's much deeper than that. Um, you know, your, your social political themes. And I feel like that's too big of a way to even say social political themes, but like this movie is so, you know, self-referential, um, mm. but it's so understanding. Um, I, you know, it's funny. My favorite part about this movie is that it doesn't necessarily live in that realm because there's a lot of, you know, obviously this movie has a lot to do with race and, you know, the perception of black people in America. But my favorite part is how tender this movie is to couple with it. And that's the important piece between the two, because, you know, there's a, there's a bit in the movie where they talk about, you know, you know, telling black stories and it's slavery, it's the sixties, it's the civil rights movement, but Mm -hmm. then also coupled with that, I mean, spoilers for this movie, but, um, Tracy Ellis Ross is in this movie as, uh, Jeffrey Wright's sister and she dies early on in the movie. And like, I feel like when we think about those, she dies of a heart attack and they're a well-off rich black family that lives. And like, I feel like when we think about that, we don't think about like, and he writes about this because um, Issa Rae's in this movie and she's this prominent writer who has this bestseller that just comes out. But it's about, you know, he says, like, the potential of what black people can be, but how we're perceived is very much like, you know, I don't want to say it, but you know what I'm trying to get at, like, you know, in that way. But, like, he's a very proper man. His family's rich. Like, he's had, like, his family's well off, I should say. Like, 
and he writes about this stuff and like he goes to he goes to a bookstore and he sees his his books are in the black voices section and he's like the only thing black about my books is I'm the one that wrote them there's nothing that you know is discernible about this thing but cord jefferson that's his directorial debut um he's got a future ahead of him times of infinity like if you want to talk about being the first time you direct something it's funny him and celine song first time directors and what they were able to produce off the yeah. first time is truthfully incredible i mean they have two of the best movies of this year i still think celine song has the second best movie of this year so um definitely was a was a welcome surprise and a welcome treat um and yeah i can't you know the oscar season somebody said and i agree 2023 was an incredible year for the movies itself obviously yeah. you had the pinnacle that came of the summer and we had been talking about it just as a whole not just these art movies just a whole landscape of movies for that year it was like that 2023 was a was a very special year from the gate it was like january to yeah. december had something a whole year um so yeah i'm gonna keep going forward i'm gonna watch dune again i've been you know kicking through the dune books i have the dune graphic novels from uh brian herbert frank herbert's son um that he collaborated on uh dune exposures with greg fraser's photography and josh brolin so I've just been really ingratiated in the Dune world getting ready for this. Um, but hey, man, I love the movies. I love yeah. the cinema. It's incredible. <laughs> yeah, man. I can't, can't wait. Can't wait. Next week's going to be next week's gonna be one for the, one for the books. Mm-hmm. This is our Barbenheimer. It really is, mm-hmm. in, in a sense. <laughs> um, yeah, man. I can't wait. So uh, that'll do it for us this week. From me, from the... Careful. From the Cloud Strike for the podcast... As can in, I can I can I can I deny that claim and no. give it back to you? You are the cloud strife of this podcast. I don't know about all that, man. <laughs> no, you're the Zach. I am the cloud strife. Yeah, easy. <laughs> He's washed, and he was 23. That's what I told you before we walked in. Yeah, I said I want you to know that this game takes place, or this movie takes place, two years after the original game. The original game, Cloud is 21 years old, and by the time Advent Children comes around, he is he is. Remember, I said, remember, remember Indiana Jones in the last Indiana oh, Jones. Oh yeah, movie? yep. That's where Cloud is, and he's 23. And he's 23. He's a grizzled vet, and he's 23. <laughs> he is. He's over it. He's over it, man. <laughs> uh, That's like Dark Knight, like the Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. But yeah. Bruce is like Bruce is like year two. He's like yeah. I've already seen everything I need to see. It's like if you get to the Batman part two and Robert Pattinson's like I'm done. Yeah, I'm done. I'm done with this. <laughs> I've done everything I've needed to I've do. I've seen too many things. All right, <laughs> we will. Uh, we'll see you next week for Dune. Man, that that aura. The aura I, you back. can feel it, right? Like something. There's like it's just, like the first time. It's like the first time we did Dune. I was just like, Oof. and we were talking about it for so long, and they were like, next week it's finally here. Yeah. So it's finally here next week, doing part two. Until then, goodbye. Peace.